it should be like the heaviest piece of furniture we own is actually one of the easiest things to move. That's the best. Um, very cool. Don't make them like they used to. They don't make them like they used to. And welcome to Super Duper Stitious. Stitious. The paranormal podcast about the science of the strange. I'm Wyatt. I'm Jake. And this week we're talking about sound stuff, I think. Weird noise things. See how I managed to sidestep the we're back thing? See, it's I, true. I did it didn't it. happen. I realized didn't I just go time. straight into what the topic is. That's one way to circumvent that. It's true. But yeah, this is we the are, show. We where, are back again. It's true. And if this is your first time listening, we do this multiple episodes. So when we do it again, it means we're returning. And uh, it's a show where we, we talk about weird phenomena, spooky, strange, odd things, and try and analyze them using our science backgrounds. Oh, yeah. I believe today you will begin, but first and for Phantoms most, mm-hmm. I simply must launch in to describing this groovy little brewery in western Massachusetts, combining, as I've said before, Dungeon Dragon, loudness music, hops, and of course, yeast <laughs> in time to make, Jake, what was it called again? Beer. And <laughs> here we go. Let me find my copy. I'm just imagining dumping yeast onto hops and hoping that turns into beer (laughs) (laughs) it's beer like yeah playing music at it you know like they play like classical music at plants and stuff or whatever right yes if you're in the new england area not the old england um and you are considering the purchase of a brewed beverage looks like jake just opened an entire bottle of wine to drink consider buying four (laughs) phantoms I have some more new Four Phantoms news. In addition to having a certifiably dope, it looks like he is indeed drinking a an entire bottle of wine right now. Uh, visually interrupting Here's the copy. The Look at so when you have one glass of wine left in the bottle, you don't need a glass. You've got a glass. That's more dishes you have to do. That's right. Um, not only do they have a certifiably dope, certifiably patronizable tavern in Greenfield, Massachusetts. Four Phantoms has officially started their very own Growler program. Ooh. So if you are a member of their Four Phantoms club, a simple $10 deposit gets you super cool Growler that you can use to take home any liquid that they have at the property, <laughs> even beer. <laughs> and if you're not a member, you're nothing. Uh, for anyone fortunate enough to live within visiting distance for phantoms has a heap of fun events upcoming including the worship doom release party from december 9th through december 12th punctuated by the doom art market saturday december 11th which is really cool sounding um it's a mini bazaar featuring artists makers and vendors who will sell their crafts at the brewery from 1 to 5 p.m uh, this will also be catered by the Bow Pop-Up. So get your stupid butt to Four Phantoms Saturday, December 11th. Goddamn. <laughs> also, uh, Four Phantoms will host a free bacon night. That's right. A free huh. bacon night Thursday, December 16th. And a New Year's Eve hip-hop show December 31st in collaboration with local music venue 10 Forward. Uh, so either get in there or enjoy feeling jealous. Well, I feel jealous from over here not being able to do that stuff there. So cool. Thanks for Phantoms. I miss you guys. <laughs> I'll drink for both of us. There you go. You're drinking for two now. That's right. 
But yes, Jake, I believe you are taking us away on a strange-sounding adventure. Yes, I uh, I do love when we do these sound uh, episodes. It is strange that we don't do more of them being a podcast at all. The audio medium does lend itself to that more, but... Uh, um, mm-hmm. I ended up going in a kind of combination direction of the type of things we normally cover uh, with monsters and also sound. So I got a, a sound monster. Um, I'm looking forward to it. So I'll be drawing from a handful of sources today, the first of which is onlyinark.com, referring to Arkansas. Oh. Uh, it was late in October, and fall had brought a chill to the air throughout the Ozarks. A group of young fur trappers had spent the day in the woods hoping to gather enough game for food and enough pelts to trade with other settlers in the area. Tired and hungry from the long, hard day, the group was glad to finally see their camp on the horizon. They were just about to settle around the fire to a dinner of warm soup when they heard a sound that shook them to their cores. A screaming howl pierced the still air, and each man jumped at the ready to defend himself (laughs) from whatever lurked just beyond the tree line. It was a sound like none they'd ever heard. Was it a coyote? A mountain lion? The silence that followed the blood-curdling scream was nearly as terrifying. Not only had the scream ceased as suddenly as it had begun, but every bird, bug, and forest critter fell into a deafening silence unlike any of them had experienced. No one moved as their eyes darted from one to another. Unsure of what they were waiting for, one man finally reached for his rifle, followed quickly by the others. The men gathered as a group and collectively began to inch closer to the woods. The sound of their breathing and the rapid beating of their hearts was all they could hear. As they moved under the canopy of the trees, the cry came again, much closer. And suddenly, slinking in front of them was a large black creature. Although its long snout was similar in shape to that of a wolf or dog, the men would later agree that the creature was more cat-like in shape and demeanor. Hmm. The glowing red eyes and horns that adorn its head were a more terrifying detail. Hmm. As the men turned to run toward camp, the creature returned to the woods, never to be seen or heard again, at least not by this group. Woo, spooky. This is the tall, taleified version of the general story of the Ozark Howler. Ooh. Familiar with the Ozark Howler? I am not. I've never heard of it. I think I had maybe seen the name one time. I didn't really know anything else about it. It happened to come up randomly in uh, when I was looking up stuff. Oh, it might have been. I just discovered a, uh, a podcast in the last day or so. Vikram of uh, the Planthropology Podcast does what he does best, which is uh, shout us out on Twitter. Very kindly just suggesting us to people all the world over Aww. and uh, and reminding me that, God damn, I keep forgetting we have a Twitter and I need to post on it. I think I last posted <laughs> in August. Um in the little Twitter thread that was happening, someone mentioned a, a podcast called uh, Campfire Monsters. Mm. First of all, people should check out Planthropology Podcast by Vikram. Mm-hmm. Very, very cool stuff. Um, I checked out this podcast. It's, it's produced by REI, of all people, and thus has no business being as enjoyable as it is. It's just this guy <laughs> telling, um, like, pretending to be at campfires in different places all around the uh, U.S. and telling um, scary campfire stories about local legends. Huh. And they're a combination of like actual accounts people have uh, said or fictionalized versions of the kind of vibe of the story, what it's supposed to be. And they're pretty fun how they're told. They're all like half hour episodes. Um, That's there was, awesome. There was one about this uh, a kind of version of the Ozark Howler that was the first one I listened to actually. I was like, wow, I liked this a lot. It's quite different from the actual stories I found about the Ozark Howler, but 
doesn't matter. It's just cool. So <laughs> that was nifty. And this star was kind of nifty. I was like, hey, that's a sound. I can use this for this week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> yeah, very spooky story. It's a mm. good... Uh, cuts right to the chase. Ow. Fuck. <laughs> just... What have you done? I just ran over my uh, headphone cord and ripped half of my headphones off of my head. Oh, God. Took a lot of skin with him, too. <laughs> yeah, I have my headphones grafted to my face, so it's kind of a problem <laughs> when that happens. All the podcasters are doing it. <laughs> anyway, Ozark Howler, Wowzer, Wampus Cat, Booger Cat, Bear Cat. It's been called many things. Wow. This creature is no ordinary cat. Uh, this I think the source I have is from like an escape room page by somewhere in I think, <laughs> Missouri. But they had it's like they have an escape room that is themed around the Ozark Howler, and so they have a whole bunch of stuff about the Ozark Howler. Are you serious? It. They do. Yeah, which sounds really cool. Wow. Also, an escape room that's like entirely in the dark. You just have flashlights, which sounds Ooh, also super cool. That sounds really cool. <laughs> so wherever cool. if we ever make our way to Springfield, Missouri, we should definitely check that out. Hell South, yes, southwestern Missouri, uh, or southeastern Missouri. Excuse me. Um, uh, south, southern Missouri. I don't remember which side it's on. It's no, so it's got to be, be eastern. Anyway, uh, but they have a bunch of like decent information about the Ozark Howler on that page. The Ozark like, right, Howler cool. invented a new device. You need to break into his office to get <laughs> exactly the toolbox under his desk. Uh, okay. uh, you have one hour till he gets back from work. Yes, from work, <laughs> scaring fur trappers. Uh. So they say the Ozark Howler has been described as a large nocturnal animal resembling a panther or canine. So one direction or the other, whether it's canid or felid. Some say it's as big as a bear, but as lithe and stealthy as a leopard. Others claim it has sharp horns growing from its head. So Mm. different uh, artist depictions of it are pretty fun, showing things ranging everywhere from just looking kind of like a a black panther with, with horns on its head to like straight up altogether monstrous cool things um the Mm -hmm. horn element of it does make it quite cool Mm. most reports detail the howler's glowing red eyes long black fur and blood curdling cry Mm. high-pitched call is somewhere between a wolf's howl and an elk's bugle many claim the ozark howler sounds like a woman screaming the earliest recorded sightings of this mysterious beast date back to the 1800s. Some stories say that the famous explorer Daniel Boone encountered an Ozark howler while traveling through the region. Mm-hmm. So these stories tend to take on more of a fearsome critter vibe. Any of the stuff from that old, I honestly didn't find I was going to say it's very yeah. fearsome crittery. Yes, I didn't find any accounts from that long ago that seemed to be based on any honest-to-goodness first-person kind of accounts of what was happening mm. uh really just like oh here's a thing kind of like the one i told you again it was just like a general sort of legend type of uh of retelling of it and the fact that daniel boone was involved at all i was like yeah it probably didn't happen mm-hmm. so what exactly is this thing it's like i said described as being the size of a bear thick body stocky legs sometimes how it's described or more lithe and cat-like it's really kind of uh unclear it's, it's got shaggy fur i guess that's mm. maybe why the body size is is not quite as uh determinate this is very thin just about a half a foot of fur. <laughs> yeah. Uh, its cry is often described as being, like I said, a combination of a wolf's howl and an elk's bugle, but also sometimes mm-hmm. people throw in coyote yips and hyena laughter as other kind of sounds. Any that loud, shrieky noise. Yes. It's basically an amalgamation of every creepy predator sound all at once. Yes. Uh, including shark noise. <laughs> so many times I've also thrown in mountain lion screams uh, as another influence, just... 
for a good measure. Speaking of which, skeptics do claim that it might be an eastern cougar. I was going to say, it's got a real mountain lion vibe. Mm-hmm. Other than you played that one uh, footage thing of a person at nighttime scrambling up some Ugh. stairs or something like this while a mountain lion is yowling angrily and it was uh the kind of thing that would kill me <laughs> at nighttime yes uh the others say it might be a black bear or some kind of wolf or feral hound uh, settings have been officially recorded since the 1950s although i couldn't find these official recordings like the, the settings went back to the 1800s official reports from the 50s i didn't see those mm. uh says that also many ozark families can pass on stories of their parents and grandparents experiencing the chill of hearing or seeing the Ozark Howler well before that time. Mm. Between 2005 and 2010, the Howler, also called the Black Howler and the Devil Cat, uh, was spotted several times. A family living north of Van Buren in the Boston Mountains of Crawford County set out trail cams after spotting what they believed was a cougar. Mm. The images that they supplied to a Fort Smith television station appeared to show a big cat similar to a cougar or a mountain lion. I think we established last episode that there is no consistent name for that animal in this continent. Um, yeah, not at all. Yeah. Uh, the problem they had there is that the wildlife officials of Arkansas maintain that there is not a breeding population of cougars left in Arkansas. Hmm. They do concede that it's possible there might be individual big cats living in the mountains, pointing out that they uh, likely were once held as pets but escaped or were turned loose by their owners. So I guess kind of a Tiger hmm. King situation. <laughs> Are your thoughts so far? I would say that even if there aren't cougar in the area now, that it still seems like a tangible explanation for, or a reasonable explanation for mm-hmm. the 1800s, you know, phenomenon. Yeah. I think people in the 1800s were perhaps just as full of it as ever, but much more... For whatever reason, I feel like all these stories just harken back to the 1800s. <laughs> they really do. The people were just messing around a lot. And it, it does make sense, too, that the, which I'll get into a little bit, is that this is when uh, European settlers were really kind of venturing out into right. the woods more. It's and just got that fearsome stuff. critter feeling in, every, exactly. of the, in all the best ways, basically. Yes. Um, um, the howl, as you might expect, is the most important hallmark of the Ozark howler. Uh, mm-hmm. It's been s- described as both very deep and guttural as well as high-pitched. Um, so it could be anything. It seems like people are really hedging their bets in their description to just kind of use every every way of describing mm-hmm. it. Uh, others have said that it's the most unearthly scream and half-human. Uh, like I said before, one of the most common descriptions is the sound like the screams of a woman. Um, which, if you've mm. heard certain like things like a cougar and stuff, people do kind of describe that scream as being like that. So, mm-hmm. uh, and and also um, like fox sounds very seems like a woman screaming. The first time I heard one, I was like, "Oh my god, is a woman being murdered for some reason in my yard right now? What's happening?" Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As we've covered on the show before, such as in episode forty nine, elk bugling intensifies. <laughs> there are many scary animal sounds in the woods at night. A lot of really cool, interesting, strange things making noises. Consequently, some ordinary animals of the Ozarks have been offered up as explanations for the howler, mm. including red fox, uh, fisher cat, and even fighting raccoons. Mm. So let's see some of those now. Oh, yeah. A real quick spooky animal noise story that I experienced 
even very recently. Just about, oh, I don't know, not even half a mile away from us, there is a really awesome farm that we get our CSA from, and they have chickens, which we think are haunted. Are haunted, yes, pretty much. They're all of a sudden, as the seasons turned and it got colder, we started at nighttime specifically, but also during the day, to hear echoing over the trees, because there's a forest that separates us from this farm that we can walk through in a very, like, you know, Little Red Robin Hood kind of... Little Red Robin Hood? <laughs> <laughs> what books have I been reading? The mashup you didn't know you were waiting for. A rob from the big bad wolf and give to the poor. Exactly. Anyway, forest, we hear a sound that goes like... <laughs> like echoing over the trees wow very animal noise but kind of like a groan and huh. it's unsettling it <laughs> during the day and absolutely chilling at nighttime <laughs> i went down i had to go outside to go back into the basement to do laundry and it is there was one good groan when i went down and <laughs> gets you gets you feeling creepy anyway the end let's go on more more scary animal noise now please sure. maestro that sounds very scary. I that's one thing we don't have to deal with in the city uh, is weird animal noises. Usually, uh, I do have to weird, deal with weird Luigi noises coming from downstairs, but it's a different story. Um, <laughs> Please, a Mario, don't do it. <laughs> is that right? I wish. <laughs> Anyways, we'll begin with this red fox. I hope this is not too loud. I turned these down, but brace oh, yourself anyway, just in case. Ooh. We've we've heard this in the show before. It's a it's a not a pleasant sound to encounter no. in the middle of the night. It's made better by the quickness of it, I guess. Yeah, just a quick, sharp, piercing sound. Sounds like if you knocked a lemming off of a tabletop or something. <laughs> yeah, it didn't have to fall very far. So it didn't scream for very long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so next up, we have the sound of fighting raccoons. Uh, oh God. This, I do remember at least these first two sounded like we're really uh, blowing out the microphone. Um, so this the added audio distortion does make it sound even creepier. But uh, so here's here's the raccoons fighting. So they're nasty sounding. I'm gonna oh stop right God. there because it's kind of like uh, scratching fingernails on Hear, the chalkboard of the inside that, of your brain. Like echoing through the night too. Oh, that would not be good. No, Fisher cat. So that's something that uh, when people hear a fox, they often will attribute that scream to being actually a fisher cat fisher has a different which i call him a fisher not a fisher cat but uh it's a type of moose that lives like a little like, like a weasel it's a uh, pretty nasty and they have a pretty nasty sound all their own oh my gosh so yeah if you heard that you'd be having a bad time and that last yeah so lastly we have uh an elk bugle classics That is the sound that a, a bull elk will make, uh, and you don't see an animal that looks like that and expect that sound to come out of it, but that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are some some sounds you might hear in uh, in the wilderness of North America that could sound not great. Uh, I got a couple more sounds as, as far as the type of sounds people have attributed to the howler. Uh, here is please do an individual coyote yipping. It sounds like a bunch of coyotes yipping, which can be also nightmarish when it's all happening at once. Because it's like, oh god, they're everywhere. Oh, they sound so scary. But this one has a pretty interesting sound. Oh yeah. 
So it's kind of like wow. the fox, but higher pitched. So, yeah, if you heard one coyote, it would be kind of like that. Um, and then for, for good measure, here's also an individual uh, hyena laughing. <laughs> so it starts out with kind of, this is a, a, a coyote, a, coyote, a hyena about to be fed. So people looking at it through a fence and it's kind of pacing back and forth. As it gets higher pitch, it gets a little scarier. Oh my god. <laughs> so, something like that, which you would not hear. And that there it gets its, its meal, it's happy. Uh, I, I will say, that would be among a less desirable, a set of less desirable noises prior to being killed and eaten by animals. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And if any animal's going to kill the hell out of you, it would be a hyena. Oh, yes. <laughs> Hyenas are amazing carnivores. Oh, man. And you don't really appreciate how big they are when you see them in documentaries oh. and stuff because you just have the open savanna for scale. But you see them next right. to a person. I think I said this before. Like, there's, I think it was Planet Earth 2. There's a guy who just hand feeds some in his village. And uh, they're real big. And when Jake says hand feeds, he means he feeds him hands. <laughs> I think you might have made that joke last time too. Did I? <laughs> I'm not sure. Listeners, eagle-eared listeners, please uh, tell us what episode that was and what <laughs> yes, we said. Eagle-eared. Um. So, with those sounds in mind, here is someone's kind of attempted take on the sound of the Ozark Howler. They just Arkansas? took some of those things Art and books. layered Culture, them. Missouri, video, Ar- Oklahoma. <laughs> so here's uh, just a bunch of layered sounds. It's supposed to be what it sounds like, but it's kind of goofy. Which, okay. if you did hear that, would be scary, but it's also, like, I think the idea is meant to be it's a combination of the sounds, not just those all layered on top of each other. Yes, so. yes. It's it's a good effort. It is. It does sound like someone dropped a high-tech yak back. <laughs> um, something about the purity of the other ones was much more unsettling. Yes. But fun. So, yeah, there's some different sounds um, that are scary and are animals. Um <laughs> <laughs> any 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 thoughts about that based on the stories of the howler and uh what kind of stuff might be out there let's see well first off it's making me think of how again we've done it again jake which is to say that mine not to give it away too finely but uh i also kind of end on uh sometimes the spookiest most interesting thing is the real thing yeah i like you know the idea that this could have been an elk a mountain lion, what have you. Probably mm-hmm. people did hear something. Yeah. And it is very fun. I was I was thinking as well, uh, while you were telling this, you know, recounting the story of the Ozark Haller and all this sort of stuff around it, how especially back in the eighteen hundreds, folks wouldn't have had as much access to hard science, presumably. MP threes today. MP threes, YouTube. But how at the same time as you get like more space for truly believing this stuff and really, really, uh, things become real in that mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. How many more things in the world must have felt like that? Right. Just felt real, felt verifiable, you know, to the, to the best that one could. 
because at the time, you know, you can only use the tools you have to measure the things around you. Mm-hmm. So, and if you think about how many scary kind of dark woods type stories there were from Europe, and then take those people and yes. bring them to a much much larger area with much much more undisturbed uh, forest and stuff. Exactly. Boy, howdy! Oh my gosh! And just how how massive North America must have felt mm. rolling on and on. It's crazy. Not that it's necessarily larger than any other part of the world, but I can just imagine that journey, especially by, you know, horseback or by foot. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at a map of uh, elk ranges. I was thinking, elk don't live that far south, do they? They used to. They used to cover this whole damn continent. Now they're go. mostly just up in Canada and in the Rockies. And some areas of the Appalachians, it looks like maybe. Um, but they don't. Well, actually, this other map seems to suggest that they might still be in parts of Arkansas hmm. Missouri. So... You know, they they could be in the area after all. Um, So that is a sound. Honestly, if an elk did wander out into your path, you might also imagine some weird thing with horns, too. And if it reflected, I was just going to say, and if from the right angle, perhaps cat-like, I don't know, but certainly makes the right noise. It's the closest noise in my mind to what I was envisioning. Yeah. uh, To what was described for the howler. Too cool, man. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So the last bit I have here is about the... um, Possible real-life explanations, those are some animals that could do it. Possible explanations for how we got to the specific monster people envision it being. Like I said, given the spookiness of the deep woods, to anyone unfamiliar, uh, and even folks who have spent plenty of time there, like even nowadays, if, you, if you're familiar with the woods, it can still get real creepy. Oh, yeah. Stands to reason that legendary monsters are going to pop up as explanations for what can be seen and heard out there. And given the European colonizer-centric take on this specific creature... It's really most of the stories of the Ozark Howler are coming from white people. Uh, We might be able to trace its origin back across the Atlantic. Right. So while the Ozark Howler lives in the American Midwest, it resembles the British black dogs of death, the English hellhounds, Mm -hmm. which we covered way back in episode 17, are ghostly creatures that look like gigantic black dogs. Uh, These creatures are harbingers of death and bad omens. They're sometimes described as being... Just like really, really big hounds, sometimes described as being as large as a bull. So just wow. huge, huge things. Sometimes they are depicted without heads or said to disappear into the sky or into solid objects. Hmm. They go by various names like Black Shuck, uh, Barguest, Harry Jack, Church Grim, uh, Gitrash, and Bogey Beast. <laughs> In Scotland, a fairy dog called the Cushy, which just means uh, dog fairy, just switch around as fairy dog. Uh, is said to bear your soul after death. The Kushi will cry three piercing howls. If you hear the howls, death is coming for you. By the third howl, you will be in the clutches of the Kushi. Essentially the Banshee story. Pretty much, yeah. Um, it's funny how many different... Because uh, she just means fairy, right? Like it's a like fairy folk kind of thing. Mm. And um, so it's funny how many of those things just happen to have the same... Same kind of job, I guess. <laughs> just, just say, hey, <laughs> dying is You're happening. You're gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> there are other Celtic stories about hounds of the other world or the realm of the dead. If you're in mm. Wales, you may hear of Quinn Onwen, which I am almost certain I'm not pronouncing correctly because Welsh Gaelic is hard. Welsh somehow harder still, mostly because <laughs> I don't know what is a vowel in these words. <laughs> C W N. A-N-N-W-N. I see only one vowel in both those words. Hey. Uh, in Ireland, the creature goes by Cushi, which is just spelled differently than in Scots Gaelic. 
Scots Irish Americans are American descendants of Ulster Protestants who immigrated from Ulster, Northern Ireland, to America during the 18th and 19th centuries and whose ancestors had originally migrated mainly from the Scottish Lowlands and Northern England, sometimes from the Anglo-Scottish border. Hmm. These colonists were some of the major settlers of the Appalachian region of what is now the United States. So could generations of these folks, particularly in the southernmost portion of that Mm. mountain range, have passed on stories from the old country to the new world and eventually from the Appalachians westward to the Ozarks? I dare say. I'm saying probably. Probably. So anyway, that's what I got for the Ozark Howler. I love it. That's my weird sound thing of the week. That is too cool. I was distracted right at the end here by the sound of someone drumming on something outside, which is very funny and appropriate because I've never heard this before, but it sounds like they're literally drumming on a drum. Weird. In the street. Well, before I jump in, should we bust out the old NCAA device, Jake? I believe we should. Uh, Let me just fire it up here. There it goes. Now we'll take these tendrils and plug them in the back of our skulls. If you don't fully understand what's going on, that's okay. Listen to our back catalog. If you do, welcome back to Pander, the patron appreciation neural dive for evaluation of risk, a program that we run on this sort of spooky computer thing that plugs into our brains and, of course, taps into the dark ether so that we can assess the risks that wait for our faithful Patreon patrons. Today, we will be honing in on... Matt J, a.k.a. Danny Hamsteak of Pueblo, Colorado. So, Matt. Danny. Danny. Mr. Mr. Hamsteak. Watch your butt for the Mantahungal. Wow. Mantahungal sounds kind of like the Mananangal, but it's actually a different Filipino creature. It's from Philippine mythology. It's an evil beast. Known by the Tagbanwas to rip a person to shreds. Could have known that from the name. Definitely watch out for that. If you see the body and hear the sound of a cow, run. <laughs> run as fast as you can. Uh-huh. Thing looks like the bear from Annihilation. Annihilation. Well, that comes up a lot on the show. It's it's a very scary uh, touchstone. It traumatized me. It has, which is to say, it has a horrifying mouth yeah. with a large pair of tusk-like fangs. Ugh. Shaggy cut of fur. In some ways, not too dissimilar from the Ozark Howler, except it does not have horns. I believe that this creature lives in thick forest patches on top of mountainous areas, avoiding human beings. Huh. Bloody encounters do result after a meeting between a manta hungal. And a human being, since the creature is known to rip a victim to pieces with its fangs. So a a rare example of a truly horrifying creature to look out for. Yes. Uh, do stay away from the Philippines. <laughs> but if you have to go there, stay out of the mountains. And if you have to go to the mountains, stay away from cow sounds. Because you do not want hamsteak to turn into hamsteak. <laughs> And thank you so much for your support on Patreon. Thank you kindly. Let's do one more. I can feel another download coming in for Elizabeth Elizabeth Bishop. Bishop. Elizabeth, be on the lookout for Dark Dark Fairy. Fairy. (laughs) No, it's not a band. 
What are fairies doing in a computer program devoted to cryptozoology? <laughs> Most cryptozoologists are not interested in fairies. Fairies are more of a preoccupation of 19th century fringe science rather than a subject suitable for inclusion in the science of cryptozoology. However, this is what the machine said, so here we are. According to the express.co.uk news function of the pander function, <laughs> fairy sightings have had a recent surge and portrayed more creepy and disturbing. In Norse mythology... <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> You're trying to avoid that word, but you can't. The machine wants it. Dalkalfar. Dalkalfar? Dark, dark elves. Dalkalfar. Yosalfar, light elves. And Stralfur, um, staring elves. That's actually Icelandic. It's a good song. Oh, look at you. So fancy. Mm -hmm. You want to look out for the Dalkalfur. Yep. Um, they will look like a uh, grub. Very unclear. That is flirting with a girl with wings. <laughs> Which one of these is fairies? Answer, keep reading. And the answer, both. Oh, it's pretty sneaky. Yeah. Keep reading to... Okay, there. So, the answer is keep reading. Fairy maggots. Oh, dear. Wow. Uh, I'm not sure how this works. This is insane. <laughs> so you go from a beetle larva to a luna moth. Butterfly chrysalis. Yeah. To a uh, horrifying like, ink blotch monster fairy. To winter time? Yeah, it looks like maybe an ice giant to uh, beetle larva again. Oh. As we all know, Especially you, Elizabeth. Maggots appeared in Ymir's flesh and came to life by the decree of the gods. They acquired human understanding and the appearance of men. So, I mean, these are things you've probably already read. But if not, you definitely have heard it from the pit.edu function in the pander. The pander function. function. And if oh. not, according to the express.co.uk function in the pander function, there has been a recent surge in fairy settings, which I'm pretty sure the express.co.uk function already delivered to us. Yeah, it really wants to drive that point home, so make sure you're aware, and... Also avoid quote-unquote dark fairy. Yep. Uh, and, and thank, thank you so you much so for much. your support. We really appreciate we it. We do. If you yourself would like to have your name entered into the pander function, you can do so by joining our Patreon at any of our three awesome tiers. That's patreon.com slash superduperstitious. All kinds of really cool, exciting uh, perks await you there, including some fun bonus content. Uh, some actual physical merch, most important of which, of course, is the Super Duper Sitches Belgian Beer Glass, which will only be available to our first 100 patrons. Limited slots are still available, and after that, you got to wait a year. If you're the 101st patron or beyond, it'll be your anniversary gift for staying with us on Patreon. And if you want to just sign up for a year all at once, get the discounted rate that Patreon offers, you get the glass right away as well. So what have you got to lose? except for all the other cool shit we'll eventually do. Right. So let's go ahead and unplug this machine from our brains. Ah, uh, so much better. Uh-huh. Feels good. I think it's uh, your turn to talk about some weird sounds. Allow me to take it away. So, this is a topic I discarded during my hunt for a suitable story for our most recent episode of Homestate Horrors, because basically, it ain't scurry. I kind of... <laughs> kind of 
think that if we ever mention Homestead Horrors, we should play the entire. <laughs> <laughs> should we do it? I'll think For about it. Post, episode? Uh, no, we shouldn't. <laughs> Probably but maybe. Not. We'll see. We'll, I'll it? think about it when I'm editing and see. <laughs> That's really funny, <laughs> man. It's a bit that makes you want to take it so far. <laughs> yes. Um, but it is interesting enough that it's earned a certain mysterious spot in Lake George, New York, mm. a place on just about every, well, now that's weird, New York listicle <laughs> that you can find. Um, I am, of course, talking about the Lake George mystery spot. Ah. And I'll pass it off to Sonny Hernandez, writing for NewYorkUpstate.com to finish introductions. New York, comma, upstate. Yes. New York, parentheses, upstate. <laughs> no, not downstate, upstate. Behind the Lake George Visitor Center in Mayor Blaze Park at the heart of the village is a circular concrete platform with an image of the lake painted on it in blue and a very large compass design etched in. Oh. When you stand at the very center of the compass where two metal rails create an X and speak towards the lake, you will hear your voice in a strange stereo-like echo. Mm. And no, it's not because you had too many drinks at nearby King Neptune's. Sing, <laughs> shout, or say hello. Say what? I said boo. Yeah. Sing, shout, or say hello, and the reverb of your voice will come floating back to you. However, anyone standing outside the circle will hear you plainly with no echo. Mm. So, let's see if any audio devices pick up the sound, shall we? Mm-hmm. I'll pass it over to YouTube user Schizoid Lady <laughs> to uh, continue this intense investigation. Okay, we're at the famous, I can hear it, I can hear it now. We're at the famous mystery spot, Lake George, and I'm taking some photo of where we're at. And um, right now I can hear myself echo. The closer I get into the center, right in the center, I can hear it echoing even more. I don't know if I'll be able to hear this on the tape. Um, But then when you step back and you step outside that circle, and especially away from the center, I can't hear it anymore. Hmm. So we got to visit the famous mystery spot. And that was definitely worth coming out to try and see how this all works cute very cute yeah and so, actually even though the audio wasn't fantastic you could actually hear the difference you can make it out yeah. you can make it out so as you may not hear uh in the audio the woman is sort of walking back and forth we don't see her but she's just shooting this location and yes as she walks to the center of this area her voice echoes about so she what's is, going said, on taking some photo taking some photo trying to figure out what it's all about um without giving it away if you've cracked the code already with your science brain jake what do you think so far my science brain just had half a glass of wine so <laughs> you're like it's demons <laughs> <laughs> what do you think i think it's demons it's okay <laughs> so What's going on and why is this goofy audio phenomenon so tantalizing? I propose that we take the second question first, Mm -hmm. much like Heath Ledger asks of Batman (laughs) in the Dark Knight, why so tantalizing? (laughs) 
I'd argue the foremost reason is any goofball can walk up and invoke this weird experience just yes. for asking. You can basically go to Lake George and have a bizarre time anytime you want. And this kind of makes it everyone's best kept mystery. The second reason is that almost every site you go to by way of discovering an explanation will give you the same pair of non-committal answers. Number one, <laughs> it's maybe, but not certainly physics. The mystery spot is potentially explainable by your voice simply bouncing off the conspicuously curved wall several feet away, thus creating the mini echo effect. But no, <laughs> this couldn't be because wouldn't everyone in or even near to the spot hear an echo as well? How could it be simple physics when it doesn't seem to apply all over the place? And number two, it's always been weird. Physics <laughs> or no, Native Americans and early settlers already knew of the mystery spot centuries before the wall was constructed. Even a local Native American legend purportedly states that an ancient god appeared long ago at the mystery spot and the remnants of that powerful, magical moment reverberate there to this day. Mm-hmm. And then sites just kind of drop the mic. Case closed. <laughs> Go visit. Why not? You get to pick Camp Weird or Camp Science and head to Lake George. Uh, Well, after some 500 sites all parroting each other (laughs) over this very point, I have to launch into a mini PSA for all of these Lake George tourism booster sites. Start the music, Jake. Hey, Lake George tourism sites. I don't know what kind of weird ad or referral revenue you're pulling down. But recycling the same crazy-ass declaration that this particular spot in Lake George, quote, breaks all the rules of physics and acoustics, unquote, <laughs> does not make it true, and it makes you look and sound stupid. It makes Lake George look and sound stupid. <laughs> when we confront strange events, we should always start from the assumption that things can only follow the rules of physics and acoustics. And don't use Native American legends, real, fake, or otherwise to try to prop up your stories. It's just gross, and it makes us all dumber for it. Okay, I am, I'm done with that. The strange and entertaining echo effect is fun. I'm certainly mm. not taking away from that, but it is also clearly, almost painfully obviously explained <laughs> by the semicircular stone wall, period. But, but why, how come when you move, it doesn't, doesn't still work? Oh, we'll get to that. (laughs) I poured over the internet for a shockingly long time looking for anyone in the entire world brave (laughs) enough to declare this and finally found one John O'Connor who wrote on Roadside America on April 15th, 2013 that, quote, the acoustical effect of this location is caused by the reflection of sound from the semicircular stone wall. The sound is directed back at the person who is standing in the center of the circle near the map of the lake on the ground. You have to be standing at the center to experience the maximum effect of the sound reflection from the wall. This is all referring to parabolic reflection. Mm-hmm. So it turns out semicircles or parabolas are one of the best shapes to bounce and concentrate things into a central point. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, the wide bowl of a semicircle efficiently reflects transmitted energy back towards a central point. It is really as easy as that. No Native American gods required. Once you know this, you'll see examples of this kind of parabolic reflection everywhere in the world. Just one very clear example, all satellite dishes, (laughs) internet or cable service. 
utilize this principle to capture and transmit signal wave information. The power of curved surfaces also helps to explain other otherwise otherworldly phenomena, such as an even more bizarre and fascinating case, whispering gallery. Uh, I'm losing my ability to function as a human being. <laughs> Which one of us is drinking too much wine? Whispering galleries. Mm. A Have you heard of these, Jake? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, I was drinking water that time. Uh, yes, I believe I have. A whispering gallery is constructed in the form of a circular wall and amazingly allows whispered communication from any part of the internal side of the circumference of that wall to any other part. The sound is carried by waves known, I will say rather uncomfortably, as whispering gallery waves <laughs> that travel around the circumference clinging to the walls, an effect that was empirically discovered in the Whispering Gallery of St. Paul's Cathedral in London by one Lord Raleigh and subsequently published in 1910 in the journal Philosophical Magazine, Volume 10, which I'll link to. Astoundingly, sound is so efficiently conveyed by the curved walls of St. Paul's that a single clap will echo as many as four phantoms times. <laughs> More directly to our case of the Lake George mystery spot, Two large concave parabolic dishes, basically satellite dishes if you don't understand what I'm saying anymore, aimed at each other can act as paired acoustic mirrors, mm -hmm. which serve as a kind of direct line whispering gallery. So you and another person can stand at great distance from one another and whisper a little something inside of, inside of the thing. And because of the strangeness of the miracle of sound wave comportment through air and the power of the parabolic reflector, you will hear that whispered message from a great distance away. This is a feature many of us will likely have come across in science museums mm -hmm. as an inexpensive and highly accessible means of realizing just how weird the laws of physics and acoustics can be. If I'm not mistaken, I think the Museum of Science and Industry in Chicago has something like this. They have a couple of... Uh Little parabolas and the, a little platform you can stand on, and then other ones you can just kind of just whisper into one. And if you're standing on the other platform, you can hear it crystal clear. Anywhere else, you cannot. As I recall, they even have one aimed at the Boston Science Museum, which I recall you know, uh, I'm whispering thinking about between as, as, it's museums. Been a, it's been a while since I've been there, but I think I do remember that now, too. <laughs> yes. I didn't hear what you said. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It was beautiful because it uh, very deadpanedly sold the premise being that they have them aimed at one another between Boston and Chicago museums. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if it'll play, but I'll leave there, it in your capable hands. It's also a can and a string. <laughs> yeah. It goes from one to the other. Uh, um, but that is me for today. Great. I will also say, yeah, definitely check out the Museum of Science and Industry in Chicago. I have no affiliation with them, but I think it's a super cool place I've been to just once. And while you're in Chicago, you should also book a, uh, a pizza tour and a prohibition tour. Exactly. From Chicago Prohibition Tours and Chicago Pizza Tours. Because, damn, is that a good time? Which is their and, slogan. Uh, Omicron's <laughs> coming for us, so we better get on it before everything's gone again. Yeah, we got to get out there before uh, we all are killed. <laughs> <laughs> or at least are uh, forced into lockdown again because some people won't get vaccinated. Episode <sighs> 109? When did we talk about vaccines? Let me take a quick look. 
Uh, it's not even. It was. It was well before the release of the COVID vaccine that we started. We talked about uh, the power of vaccines mm-hmm. and preventative medicine in general, mm-hmm. and how far we've come from the era of ignorance, and yet how how much it still persists. Yes. Yes. But that's a whole well, different thing. <laughs> it's a whole other thing. In the meantime, hoping everyone out there is having a nice, uh, you know, one oh seven episode one oh seven. 107 okay a nice pivot into the darker months if you're in the northern hemisphere and uh the warmer months if you're in the southern uh congratulations on your christmas and summertime abomination (laughs) listeners in australia looking at you jordan yes especially you jordan (laughs) no but a very a very happy season to everyone happy all the things Mm -hmm. thanks for listening please do consider rating and reviewing the show on whatever app you got especially if it's apple podcasts i know the app sucks on on mobile but it is the place that uh still is the biggest platform right sure i (laughs) i didn't hear it but i agree and uh yeah it helps with the podcast right (laughs) definitely this time i'm certain of it you spoke into a nice little little uh parabola i was able to hear about much better um, I should stop talking. Uh, love you. And goodbye. Bye.